0: Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Tuesday, July 26th, and it is time for another episode of The Pit Politics in Trucking. I've got John and Stan with me. So the full crew is here today, and we're going to jump right in. We will be taking phone calls today, and the phone lines are wide open right now. So if you have anything political you want to talk about whatsoever, a question, a comment, a topic, jump in and join us. If you dial right now, I promise you'll get through 855-855. Nine five zero three eight three five. I've got a whole bunch of kind of odds and ends this week. No big theme or anything. Uh, but we're also going to find out what's uh, what's on John and Stan's mind. So John, looks like you're first up on the board. Good morning and welcome back.
1: Great to be with you, Kevin. Thanks for uh, thanks for having us. And uh, we just finished. Uh, we have a big Pioneer Day weekend here in Utah, so we're after a weekend off. We're doing family stuff. We're we're ready to roll with uh, trying to help save our country.
0: There you go. That sounds like fun. What's uh, what's new and exciting in your world this week?
1: Well, the exciting thing is we we continue to get just uh, remarkable uh, science reports on and customer reports from our you know our featured product cardio miracle uh, the, the results are just staggering and we continue to get them and and it's wonderful when I hear people thanking and thanking us for helping them to reshape and reclaim their lives and uh, we've just been delighted with the Uh, with your customers and uh, their experiences that they're having. And um, of course, you know, when you look at the the politics, it seems like the, uh, even at least mainstream Fox and others, uh, between Waters and uh, Ingram and Carlson, they're they're coming out pretty hard against uh, all of the moving of the goalposts with the uh, health and sickness and, remedies of the last couple of years from our government and there's a lot a lot of stuff starting to hit the fan over uh somewhat of the misguided policies that we've been under
0: you know it's interesting that you bring that up because i was just mentioning that to lisa yesterday on how much really good information primarily on tucker last um Last couple of weeks, he's really had some really good information about a lot of the health stuff going on right now. And it, it is just incredible to me that these aren't headlines everywhere. The amount of information that's coming out about the vaccine, about COVID itself, all the things that we've been saying for well over a year now, uh, they are absolutely true. We have the proof now, and yet nobody's talking about it. And here's the other thing that's making me a little crazy about this. All of our proof and our data is not coming from the U.S., Almost all of this is coming from other countries that we have to go try to get data from because you can't get anything accurate out of the U S
1: Well, exactly. And one of the key, well I just read an article that's coming out of the United Kingdom. And of course they continue the narrative that uh, there is some benefit from these uh, protocols and these injections and things. But if you look deep into the report there, they're now starting to significantly back off and start talking about the fact that uh, unfortunately many people who who were forced, coerced or chose through whatever information to do what they did uh, are finding that their immune systems are seriously compromised. And I'm finding it interesting that we're, we're seeing a, a lot of people uh, having uh, some sort of an illness uh, going on. Um, there seems to be, and, and primarily among those who followed the recommendations of our um, medical people, and um, I I just think that Kevin, it's, it's just a very urgent, urgent situation, regardless of a person's status on following uh, the different protocols that that everyone focus on to building your immune system, because there's we're not quite sure how everything seems to be. Uh, contagious, but it, it, it disappears that we're going to see uh, kind of a relentless wave of illness continue to be spread around from various sources, and that I just can't emphasis, emphasize enough the importance of strengthening one's immune system.
0: That has been my message from the beginning. I can't believe that that message isn't being shouted from the rooftops everywhere, that that's the single most important thing we could do as human beings right now is to strengthen our own immune system. I honestly believe that had this virus, whether it's man-made, altered, natural, whatever, doesn't matter. Had this virus shown up in the 1950s, we probably wouldn't have known it existed.
1: Probably right. And, you know, uh, Stan, uh, Stan for Graham is on a little bit of a limited schedule uh, as I am today, but maybe you'll want to have Stan kind of weigh in while he has a few minutes. He has a, a call with one of the national uh, radio folks that are, are uh, that he had booked, um, to be
0: involved as well. So. Got it. Okay, let's do that then. Let's bring Stan in right now so we can uh, get some time with him before he's got to go. Stan, welcome back.
2: Thank you, Kevin. Always great to be with you. Great to hear John as well.
0: Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I yeah, go ahead. I can wait. Can I what do you, you got this week? week. Absolutely.
2: Like, two statements. Two statements from the same person. I think we, uh, we can all remember one of the uh, two White House um, specialists, right, Deborah Burks. yeah, uh, along with Anthony Fauci, who led the charge on uh, injecting the, you know, the U.S. population uh, at the time. At the time these uh, injections came out, she stated on an ABC podcast, "This is what she said: This is one of the most highly effective vaccines we have in our infectious disease arsenal, and so that's why I'm very enthusiastic about the vaccine."
0: Wait a minute. That's what she said. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. She she said that? Yeah. Really? Because I I she think said that, right? So what did she say? Yeah. What did she say recently? <laughs> she said she so actually she... made the claim just recently. I knew this vaccine didn't work right from the very beginning.
2: Yeah, her statement is I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we over, and I think we overplayed the vaccines, and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. That's what she said a few days ago. So, you know, when that was published uh, on Sunday, we actually submitted that to the federal court in the Griner versus Biden case, which is the Utah District Federal Court Monday morning. Good, because our argument in that case, our argument in that case is that these injections masquerading and uh intentionally promoted as vaccines the purpose of which under the emergency use authorization act and under the uh under the current standing injection mandate against healthcare workers is, is premised is premised on the statement that the vaccines prevent they pre- they prevent transmissibility and infectivity that's the premise of the current injection mandate against all the health care workers that have anything to do with any medical institution that takes, uh, you know, government money either from uh, um, any, any form of, of government assistance. So I, I just I find it very interesting that uh, now that the evidence is coming out in torrents yes. that the highest uh, that those who are afflicted and dying at the fastest rates in our hospitals, now happen to be those who have been injected, I don't know, twice, three times, four times, so and more.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the clearest pattern I've been able to come up with, and I'm gonna go all the way back to the beginning of the jab, um, and I'll give you the clearest pattern I've been able to figure out on this. We go all the way back to the beginning, before Omicron, before Delta, before the variants, when the vaccine first came out, and somebody got their first shot. They were pretty well protected from getting it for a while, and they were really well protected from getting severe symptoms and dying in the beginning. Then you had to get the second shot, and by the time you were getting the second shot, the effectiveness was already starting to wear off. You get the second shot, it becomes effective again. And it was. It was stopping people from dying and getting really sick. But then we started noticing, wait a minute, these people can get infections. Remember they were calling them breakthroughs? Oh look! It's it's another breakthrough infection. Like that was something odd. No, that was started to become pretty common. So then they realized, okay, this thing wears off. We need a booster. They gave the first booster. Things look good again for a while, and then they started to wear off again. Well, now they gave the second booster, and then we get to the variants and. Th- Everything fell apart then. I mean, it was already starting to fall apart, even on the original um, (laughs) virus. It was, we could see that over time, this wore off. And at some point, you had no protection anymore whatsoever. Here we are now with... It's
2: actually worse than that. I know. I know. I'm going to get to that. There were studies that... Yeah. Studies that were published... in the summer of 2021, that said the the lethality, the lethality, quoting the study, the lethality of the spike protein eclipses the infectivity of the virus.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree.
2: There's I, no such thing as COVID. We know that. It's a list of symptoms. Right. The SARS-CoV-2 virus. uh these injections were never built as Burks has just admitted. She's a party opponent effectively in our lawsuit and she's just admitted exactly what all of those government types knew at the time that we were being lied to, that uh, these injections were actual vaccines instead of bioweapon gene therapy. Yeah. So, so So not only are we expecting people to prevent, arguably prevent the severity of the Symptomologies, which is a lie. We're actually injecting people with the spike protein. That the only testing done was on animals, no human tests, and all of the animals in those tests died. So now we're injecting people who, as a fun- as a function of being injected with spike protein, now have a negative. And that negative response to any kind of infectivity. Yes. Yep. Now the spike proteins generate a a, uh, a basic weakness in those people to anything else that happens to come along, regardless of the blood clots that have been demonstrated as a causal re- as a causal effect, cause and effect uh, consequence of these injections, this, these uh, gene therapy injections. As well as shutting down blood flow to major organs, as well as damaging liver tissue, heart tissue. I mean, we can just go on down the line like that. But I find it shocking, Kevin, that we have uh, an admission from someone like Burke saying, well, we knew these vaccines yeah. were not
0: going to protect are they're, they're, they're and,
2: sh- and we overplayed the vaccine.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, and, and we haven't even talked yet about the damage the vaccine can do other than just lowering your defenses and weakening your immune system. There's a whole list of other problems they cause. We haven't even got to those yet. The, the kind of the pattern and where we are now with the variants is that if you look at statistics around the world, the, the people who are in the most danger of a poor outcome are people who are double vaccinated, but not boosted they are in the worst shape of all. You're far better off just to be unvaccinated. Now, if you're double vaccinated and double boosted recently, you do still have some protection from severe illness and death. There is a little bit of a protective measure there, but it wears off pretty quickly. So, the farther you are away from your last booster, the less and less protection you have and at some point it doesn't take long. We're not we're talking months of weeks and in a couple months at some point even if you're double boosted you are at more danger of getting COVID and you are at, at more danger of a worse outcome here's one of the Uh, One of the most recent things comes from uh, the Netherlands, I believe. A research institute that is part of the Dutch Ministry of Health reported a basic two-dose COVID vaccination offered no protection against COVID hospitalization. Worse, vaccinated people were 20% more likely to need intensive care than somebody who was unvaccinated.
2: There uh, we go. Well, so this is all, Kevin, this is all such um, This is all such relevant data uh, as it relates to uh, the case that we have as the Prosecute Now team in the Federal District Court here in Utah, Reiner versus Biden, because uh, you, you think of this admission in the context of this still standing mandate uh, that's giving doctors the choice between being injected with a bioweapon. And this is a known viable weapon. you can find it uh, on in the specific federal statutes uh, you know, if, we, if we chose to identify them. But uh, you know for us the uh, I, as I reported last week we had oral arguments on that case July 6th. Um, so the actual the full transcript of those oral arguments Kevin are now posted uh, on our now.io. Platform that portal there. We encourage everybody to go to check out the transcripts, so you can see uh, exactly what the Biden administration is arguing in order to maintain these uh, these mandated uh, medical treatments against healthcare workers. It's it's quite shocking. Uh, moreover, you'll see the, op- the every opportunity the government has to create red herring arguments. And straw man arguments against our case, where they actually try to uh, misrepresent our claims in our arguments uh, to the court. Uh, fortunately, the uh, the relative uh, performance of uh, the DOJ's counsel uh, was poor, and our lead counsel, George Wentz, did a phenomenal job. So we're we're still awaiting that written opinion, and uh, we have significant uh, hope. Even given the, like you say, even the evidence of the, that Ms. Burks uh, Burks provided for us to submit yesterday.
0: Yeah. So, so I know you you guys have a lot going on with this, and you're doing amazing stuff. Are Are you addressing the um, the, the issue around the under five data?
2: Yes. I mean, this applies. This um, obviously, that that particular uh, group of people is not a. a, a uh, not a function of the current mandate, but the outcome of this, Kevin, is nevertheless relevant because uh, the, the factual outcome, uh, the Biden administration argued that uh, our argument that we had no standing in the court and our arguments were specious because the case of Biden versus Missouri, the Supreme Court case in, in which the OSHA attempts or the Biden administration's via OSHA to, you know, to force uh, injections on private businesses who had 100 plus employees, was shot down. Uh, the failure of that argument, unfortunately, at at that time was that uh, the attorney general from Missouri used the term vaccine. He just bought into the uh, the, the opposition's terminology. Um, what we pointed out to the court was there, there is no case in the country where there the factual dispute has been raised and to be argued and tried that the injections are not vaccines. They don't qualify as vaccines under uh, the requisite statutory definitions. So the outcome, as it applies to five-year-olds, as it applies to infants, as it applies to anybody, the function of this case, of the Griner versus Biden case, will be that these injections are not vaccines. They're gene therapy based on bioweapons and as a function are illegal, unconstitutional yeah. to mandate.
0: I, I- Honestly, you know, when we look it, at over,
2: just, uh, just just the basic, the basic information, forget about the mandates, the basic information of what the medical profile, what the chemical pharmacological profile of these injections look like. Uh, Pfizer's going to have to answer for something other than, you know, a few thousand documents a month, uh, which they obviously tried to avoid for 75 years. You know, tried to yeah. uh, spin that off that way. Yeah. You so know, that's coming, Kevin.
0: When we look at, you know, specifically the, you know, infant to five-year-old, and clearly there there should not be any kind of mandates around this, but honestly, why are we even allowing infants to five-year-olds to be I- injected with this when— the testing results were horrendous. Now, the whole point behind this, we didn't do the proper testing. This is all still emergency use authorization. There should be no emergency use authorization for these kids at all. There's no emergency, and the results of their testing were not good. Why, why are they even allowing this at all? That,
2: uh, that underlies, points to another effort that we're making uh, that we're engaged in very aggressively right now we are working with sheriffs, county sheriffs, uh, for the purpose of bringing uh, criminal investigations and prosecutions against the manufacturers of the spike protein, those who specifically, individual people who specifically weaponized it during the moratorium that President Obama put on weaponization of uh, of uh, microbiotic substances. This was developed, The spike protein was developed at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill during that moratorium. Fauci funded it at that location with a specific scientist for the purpose of weaponizing it, and they were in league with Wuhan to do so. Uh, So... The, I keep, you know, giving you a straight answer as to why we're, why this is being allowed as we have, uh, is because the FDA is confederate with the, ph- with Big Pharma. Period.
0: Yeah. Boy, is it. I it guess
2: you get, period, period. So we, uh, I mean, consider this that, uh, I've only got a, a moment here, but consider this that the protocol, the treatment, the prescribed mandated treatment for people who have been injected, who are admitted to hospital, as a function of some severe symptoms are demanded, required to be treated with remdesivir. Oh.
0: <laughs>
2: a drug, a drug that whose, whose human clinical trials had a fifty-three percent kill rate.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and
2: this it, is known, and this is known, and somehow that becomes that becomes the only uh, acceptable treatment protocol for
0: those who are what, hospitalized what, wait oh for hospital i was just going to say wait a minute why didn't we do that for the president then
2: yeah one wonders Unfortunately, yeah. uh, fortunately uh maybe president biden wasn't hospitalized and uh forced to uh, take remdesivir
0: exactly yeah you know yeah you know, if, to ask if,
2: about that protocol that everybody else has been forced to why yeah. hasn't he why has he been required to
0: follow that? Exactly. It, it's pretty amazing that a weak doddering old 79 year old seemed to handle this just fine. How come? Well,
2: Kevin, it's been good to be with you. Uh, other than those things, I don't have any strong opinions about the matter. Got- I'll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> switch
0: I'll,
2: I'll, I'll let you and John get back to that conversation. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, God bless Kevin, God bless you for your work. Uh, and all those who are listening, uh, we are winning.
0: We and are. We can do it. Thank, thank you for your effort. Yeah. And uh, go, go inform some more people, and we'll do this again next week. Roger that. All right. Thanks. See you, John. All right, John. John. John, John. So much to talk about on this show. You know, all week long I make notes, and then the day gets here, and I have so many notes I have to decide what it is we're going to talk about because our – our politics are such a mess in this country. Um, have you and I talked much about AB5? I know I talked more with Stan about AB5 in California.
1: Uh, well, I, I think we talked about it uh, a few times, and I just, you know, I what's the status? I mean, are they just uh, slow to implement? Uh, I, I can't even imagine that. Impact it's going to have on our
0: country. You know, here's here's something interesting that that's happening right now. So again, trucking is a little different. We, it, it's kind of crazy to me. You've. A lot of people have heard that the trucking industry was deregulated, but most people don't really understand what it means. Prior to 1980, 81, and it was actually Carter that started deregulation in trucking and Reagan kind of finished it. Um, Prior to deregulation, we're talking 1980s, isn't that long ago, the government actually controlled pricing in trucking. And they controlled pricing by controlling the supply of trucks available. So you had to apply to the federal government to get authority to move freight. And you had to get authority in specific lanes. Like just because you got authority didn't mean you could move freight anywhere. You might only get authority to move freight between um, Cleveland and Atlanta, And that's it. And sometimes you had the authority to move freight from Cleveland to Atlanta, but not Atlanta to Cleveland. That's how crazy it was. And it got to the point where before you could even apply for your authority, you had to go get shippers to write letters to the government saying that they needed more trucks in that lane. If you couldn't get those letters, forget it. You didn't have a chance. Even if you got the letters there was a good chance the government was just going to say, no, we're not going to give you the authority. You cannot become a trucking company. I I have a hard time believing that still existed in business in 1980 in this country, but it did. So that went away. That's what deregulation was. Anybody could be a trucking company. Now, you didn't have to have authority granted to you. Back then, trucking companies were being bought for a lot of money, even if they weren't profitable. They were being bought just to get that authority because the government just wasn't really issuing it much anymore. So you might spend millions on a a trucking company that wasn't even profitable just so you could get the authority that they owned. So now that's gone, except... Except they didn't take away the administrative part of all of this. And I, I don't understand why. And I keep questioning in the industry why we still have this. You still have to go fill out all the paperwork to get your authority. You have to pay the government a fee to get your authority and you have to wait to get it. It's just everybody who applies for it now gets it. Well, why don't we just get rid of that whole system then? What's the point? No other business has to apply to the government and get permission to be in business but what's You're happening right. it's, uh, yeah it's 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 weird that we have this holdover of this whole process that should just disappear, but what's happened now is. When the spot market is hot in freight, lots of people who own trucks, one guy owns one truck, maybe he's been leased to another trucking company, which is common. When the rates go up, the spot market rates, all of these guys tend to run out, get their own authority to take advantage of those rates. Then when the rates start to crash... They can't afford to operate this way and they give up their authority and they go back to leasing to a trucking company. This is a common pattern that we have been watching since 1980 when they deregulated. It's happened over and over and over. Well, now what's happening is we're seeing these authorities being um, revoked in record numbers like an average month might be 2,000 revocations. And in May or June, we had 9,000. That's how fast this, Mm. this economy is turning. The reason I bring this up though, the, the solution to AB five in California, they're saying, well, this isn't that big of a deal because all these guys have to do is go get their own authority. Well, that's true. But They can't afford to operate that way in in bad times. So now all over the country, all these owner operators are giving up their authority, going back to being leased to a carrier, except in California, that's not an option anymore. It is illegal to do that now in California. I just I, I, I don't know. And oh, here's the I know why I had this on my notes. Now I remember um, we talked about this a little bit. The whole idea of this administration using um, like the EPA using agencies. And that's what the federal government is doing right now. So there is a bill in, it's passed the House, called the PRO Act, um, with an AB5 type law nationally. What California just did, we have a bill in the federal government, it passed the House, it's stuck in the Senate. But now they're just saying, oh, well, we don't really need Congress to do this. They're just going to, they are trying to push through an AB5 through the Department of Labor now.
1: Well. It would certainly, we, we certainly don't need more regulation right now, that's for sure, in and,
0: every aspect. And we don't need regulations from people we did not vote for. That's the bigger problem I have yeah. with this. These are, aren't, these are laws. These, are, these will have big impacts on businesses, on people's lives, and these things should not be decided by bureaucrats that we didn't get to choose.
1: I agree. It's one of the real problems we're seeing with the regulators in our country. And well, just the fact that, you know, when the president can't get his way with Congress, he's, he's going ahead and using the executive orders with things that clearly aren't in favor by the majority of the people in the
0: country. Exactly. Same thing. He's using executive orders and agencies to push through things that would never get voted in. And they wouldn't get voted in because we sent people to Congress to vote for the things we want. And that's why these things can't get through. And But now between executive orders and agencies, they just kind of write whatever laws and regulations they want. Probably.
1: Yeah, it's very, we've created a very difficult system. But the good news is we're down to a hundred days until the midterm. So hopefully
0: we can,
1: hopefully we can see some sanity prevail with an overwhelming victory of getting rid of the people who are uh, making a lot of this uh, a part of our lives.
0: I agree. I agree. You know, I, I, um, I, I love summertime. I love summertime here in the gorge. Um, we had kind of a late start this year, so as much as I really, really want the midterms to happen, so maybe we can start to make some changes. I'm kind of uh, sad that they're getting that close because that means summer's going to be over too.
1: <laughs> uh, now, are you down? Are you down near uh, uh, the Dow?
0: Uh, we are about. Is it 60? I think we're about 60 miles west of the Dells.
3: Oh, okay.
1: All right. So further down the gorge?
0: Yeah, closer to Portland. We are right in what they call the heart of the gorge. Cascade Locks and the Bridge of the oh, Gods. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're kind of like in the deepest part of the gorge. They call it the heart of the gorge.
1: That's great. Well, I'm going to be up there actually in a couple of weeks. I'm uh, meeting some friends and and gonna go and uh, uh, work out day and night flogging uh, over abandoned dude for three days
0: well are you gonna have some time to come uh, out and see us
1: I am I think I, I was just trying to I, I think we're gonna actually have uh, some time uh, when I'm done on my way through so I'd love to that's one of my favorite places the gorgeous awesome and then we're we're headed up actually over to Pendleton Uh, for a couple of things, but yeah, I think we might be able to arrange that. I'll, I'll let uh, Lisa know what our schedule is and see if we definitely want to hook up and maybe we can do a live segment together or something in person, that'd that, be great.
0: That would be awesome, yeah. Well, you're, we're, you're gonna be coming right past us. I mean, you, we're, we're right in the gorge, can't, yeah. can't get past, can't get through the gorge without coming past us, so if you've got time, we'd love to have you over here, that'd be great.
1: No, we'd love to, we'd love to see you. Yeah, I'd love to see you. So we're we're excited about, uh, you know, uh, Kevin. It's a very uncertain time, and I, I, you know, we've got to maintain our our hope and our benefit to um, our our hope and our good attitudes, uh, whether through this uh, craziness we're seeing. It's almost like every day there's something else. But but you know what? Uh, thank heavens for our truckers who keep our country open, keep our goods and services flowing, and uh, we're, we're doing our, trying to do our part with our, our supplement, Cardio Miracle, to help people's immune system so they can enjoy life and uh, yep. continue to work as we hope that we can somehow vote our way to some semblance of change with a government that's gotten out of control.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I kind of want to go back to that because we we talked a little bit about it. We just got started on it, and I think we got off track. And, you know, the idea of our message from day one, and uh, we, we just need to talk about this more and more Um When you look at the pandemic, how it's happened, how frustrating it is, two years, there's so much evidence. They still won't admit it. They still push this stupid vaccine. They're not putting out good data. And then you start looking around, and we now have a case of polio in this country, first one in a long time. Um, The U.S. just became um, the leader in monkeypox. Uh, 3,400 cases of monkeypox. There's some, we've got some weird stuff going around health-wise. And, all cause mortality is up. Infections are up. There, there is a lot of evidence that it could be directly linked to the jab and it's weakening people's immune systems. And that's why we're seeing the resurgence of all this. But the message we need to keep getting across to people, this is this will never be over. This endemic pandemic virus, that there's going to be another one and another one, and they're going to get worse, whether they're manufactured or natural, doesn't even matter. We know there are lots of natural viruses out there that with one mutation, they could become very dangerous. There's not much we can do about any of that. That's all out of our control. If The government's going to keep screwing around with biolabs. That seems to be out of our control. Nature is always going to do what nature does. I cannot believe that there isn't more effort and push being applied to people to get them to get healthier. Like I said, I have a feeling had this particular virus showed up in the 1950s, we wouldn't have known it existed. I think people were healthy enough just then. That's not that long ago. But I think they were healthy enough that we wouldn't have even known that this was a virus and that it existed. And we, we really have to get people to understand the only thing you can control about all this craziness is your own health. And you really should focus on it because this this whole problem with viruses and diseases is going to get worse.
1: I agree 100 percent. It's uh, totally out of control. and It's a real challenge. It's a real challenge, and uh, you know what? Let's uh, chin up. We've got to we got to suck it up. But guess what? We got to get involved, and we got to make changes so we can get some semblance of accountability with our government. They should not be pushing through agendas that are not uh, believed in by a majority of the people who are legally able to vote for them.
0: Yes. Yep good point all right we've got a call let's uh let's grab it and see what uh what's on the listeners minds we're gonna go to wisconsin brandy welcome to the program oh by the way brandy thank you for those books i got them
4: i know i heard on Thursday that you did Um, i was in sort of sabotage my health uh, health when i came out of california so i I was afraid if I had a conversation with them, I'd end up hacking. <laughs> but, uh, I just really wanted, to... <laughs> I decided to eat an entire, a half a cheesecake in one sitting, and then the sugar just basically took me for a nose nosedive. I knew better,
0: yeah, I... but I
4: thought I did earn it, or, or something like that. There you go. Um, anyway, uh, t- uh tonight on The Blaze, uh, Steve days and Daniel Horowitz and some other, they're going to do an entire special on the COVID. And they're basically uh, saying it's going to be in the pay part because they don't think it can be on YouTube or anything. They'd be pulled down. So whatever they're going to reveal, I just thought it'd be more information to add to the pile uh, that can be discussed uh, into the future uh, on this program.
0: Yeah, no, no, no doubt. I'll, I'll check it out. And the pile of evidence um, against the jab is just overwhelming at this point. I mean, it is shocking to me that even as they're finally admitting it, they're not changing or backing off of anything they're finally admitting all these things the data is so overwhelming and yet they're still I still hear them say every time they talk oh but President Biden is so protected because he's double boosted and double vaccinated well how do we know he's protected how do we know that that didn't make things worse because when you look at the data the data really kind of says it does make things worse but they continue that narrative oh you're there we're so so happy he was double vaccinated and double boosted why why the evidence doesn't point in that direction at all anymore and they just won't give up on this no
4: i can't otherwise then maybe with yeah Uh, i I don't it's just sad. anyway um that's. I just wanted to, to let you know that. So uh, yeah. later on, when it comes out, that we can discuss those things too. That they're going to reveal.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll
4: check that Glad out. You got the books. Uh, there's books in there about uh, how to, uh, you know, like the seeds and stuff like that. I thought that'd be really good for your gardening section.
0: Yeah, as well. absolutely. I'm excited um, for it. Okay. All right. Well thanks, Kevin. All right. Thanks for the call. All right. Uh John, you know, like I said, I didn't really have any theme. I had a bunch of odds and ends. Um one of the things I, I do want to talk about, not necessarily political, but more health, and that—that's another thing. You know, the fact that we do a health show and now we do a political show, and the two are so intertwined anymore, and they really shouldn't be. The government should just get out of the business of health and food and all that stuff, uh, and just leave us alone because they've done nothing but make a mess of this. They're latest, you know, we had the food pyramid, which was a disaster. Then we had MyPlate, which was even worse. And there was some encouraging news that when they're going to rewrite their recommendations again, there was some encouraging news. They actually do address sugar this time for the first time ever. Um, They do now recommend that you limit sugar. It's not going to do much good. Uh, But we thought maybe they would address the issue of fat and they didn't that the newest recommendations may be some of the worst that they are not moving in the right direction at all they should just the government should just get out of the whole healthcare thing one of the things i wanted to say though you know we've certainly developed a lot of ways to help people get much, much healthier, to lose weight, get metabolically healthy, get their immune system nice and healthy, and you know, know that you've done as much as you can to, to you know, protect yourself against some of these things we're dealing with. One of the questions I've gotten from the beginning was, um, why don't I recommend a multivitamin? People think, oh, why don't you just recommend a multivitamin? Well, because I don't believe in them. They're garbage. The, the, The type and form of nutrients they use, and I've looked at tons of multivitamins. The form is wrong. They use the cheapest version of whatever nutrient they can get. There's not enough of that nutrient unless you take, you know, 12 pills a day. Nobody wants to do that. So I've just told people stay away from multivitamins. They're just not worth it. Most of them are garbage. You're not going to get any results from them. I, I, this might sound a little odd to you right now, but I'm kind of looking at Cardio Miracle now as kind of a daily uh, multi supplement. And it, it, overcomes a lot of the issues that were missing in the market before. And I know that Cardio Miracle is very targeted to cardio health. I get that. But when you look at the formulation of Cardio Miracle, and here's the thing, that this is why you can't do this in a pill or a tablet. It's two big scoops. That's the only way you can get all those nutrients in there. That's one of the ways you know that most multivitamins are just a scam. Take one pill, there's not enough in there to do anything. So Cardio Miracle, the more I was using it myself and the more I was looking at it, I thought, you know, my blood pressure is completely normal. I don't have any cardio issues at all. Why am I taking this? I'm taking it because it's a really good daily supplement.
1: Well, Kevin, you, you hit it. First of all, it is, it is uh, the science originally that led to this for me was uh, the nitric oxide benefits, vitamin D benefits of, um, of
5: arginine, citrulline,
1: and, and extended nitric oxide. But there is no finer multivitamin in the world than cardiomerical. There's nothing even close. This is the best of the best of uh, what you could do. But it's more than cardiovascular. It's cellular. So it essentially uh, when when you improve the quality of your blood you improve the oxygenation of your blood and then you bring 50 plus other nutrients into a more absorbable situation which is what nitric oxide does. It makes things more absorbable. When you get that absorption, you get those nutrients, and you extend the nitric oxide, which is healing the lining of the microvasculature the micro of the body, the capillaries, all the capillaries. There's 100,000 miles of capillaries in, in the body. And so you know people say, well, I'm, I don't have heart problems. This, this is way, way, way beyond that. That's yeah. that's like saying, well, until I, until I can't breathe anymore, I'm not going to worry about my lungs. Well, <laughs> the reality is, the the aging process is continual, and with all of and, and interesting enough for those who are saying, well, I don't know if I really need to increase my nitric oxide. Well, guess the two things, nitric oxide is essential to uh, for anyone over. 30, it's an essential gas that helps regulate the exchange of oxygen and carbon dioxide. And so with not enough nitric oxide, you have abnormal replication of cells. So if you want to have abnormal cells and the things that happen from that, or if you want to have thick, less than oxygenated blood, then don't worry about nitric oxide.
0: Wait a minute, ab- ab- abnormal multiplications of cells. Isn't that cancer?
1: Uh, I can't, I won't necessarily guess, I think <laughs> that they, that's what they would call abnormal cells that clump together become uh, something like a tumor. Yeah. And so uh, one of the things that uh, people don't understand is that if you have normal replication of cells, oxygenated normal uh blood flow then you're going to be in much better condition to avoid chronic illness of all kinds
0: yes absolutely yeah. So, I, I know it's not marketed as a multi. It's not, you know, but I the more I looked at it, the more I used it, the more I see results, the more I get feedback from other people. This, it, it, here's the other thing I've said. There are... Lots of supplements I know I could take that would be good for me, especially our line of, you know, really whole food supplements, the desiccated organs. Those are just real food. Um, I know they would be good for me. I am terrible at taking anything. I I forget, I don't do it. Um, It's one of the reasons why I said my morning coffee, we developed the recipe where, you know, we put our, our minerals in there. So we get our mineral balance. We would put our vitamin D in there to get, make sure we're getting the, the right amounts of vitamin D. And I I'll do that consistently because it's part of my morning, just making coffee. That's why I developed that because I'm so bad at taking supplements. Well, I'm still bad at taking supplements. The Cardio Miracle though now is like my morning coffee. So I have my morning coffee. It's got some supplements in it. When I get off the air here in a couple minutes and I usually go out and get some sun in the afternoon and you know, walk around the garden for a little bit and take a break, that's when I fill my first uh, tumbler full of Cardio Miracle because to me now, that one's not like taking a supplement. I look forward to that glass, uh, you know, or my I've got a big Yeti I, I fill up. I look forward to that. And then later in the day after um, dinner, I take a break and I come back and I do my workout. I've kind of moved it to the evenings to try a few things different. That's when I do my second. So now, just like my coffee routine, which makes sure I take those supplements, now doing the two cardio miracles a day, make sure I get all of those. So this is this is kind of my recommended routine now.
3: That's
1: great. Well, and I I actually am just drinking out of a Yeti right now. My cardio miracle, my second dose of the day, because I've got a busy day and I'm actually doing some intermittent fasting. I need to lose a little weight if I'm going to be walking all over abandoned dunes for three days. There you go. And so I'm uh, trying to get in better shape. And but uh, cardio miracle can replace. Uh, the caffeine that can replace, uh, many of the things that people take. And one of the things that, that we see the other side for the, for the ladies and for the men, I have people all the time that after taking two or three servings a day of Cardio Miracle in a month or two, people start thinking that they've, they've uh, rolled back about 10 or 15 years off their look, Yeah, their, their coloring's better, their skin better. Uh, the nails I, that seem to be growing, the hair seems to be growing, all
0: of those things. Hey, you just brought up a, a topic I, you know, keep thinking I want to mention and I always forget about. So um, I, I, I attend, you know, health conferences natural paleo, those kind of things. That's actually that's where I'm at Stanford. Yeah. Um and I've know. I've made comments since I've been going to those. Now these are people that are pretty darn serious. They're eating some sort of paleo based diet, keto carnivore. They're into supplementation. And I made the comment when you go to one of these events and you walk around, it didn't take long for me to start realizing I can see how healthy these people are. First off, the weight is one way, but that's not the only way. Um, Just because somebody's thin or not obese doesn't mean that they're healthy. And I've seen an awful lot of skinny people that, don't look healthy at all. And I started noticing at these events, I'm like, what is it about these people? Why? Their skin tone is good, their color is good, their eyes are clear, they just look healthy. They're, sometimes you can't even explain it or describe it. But then I noticed something else. Um, I am positive. Because I I know your viewing habits on TV, I am positive you are familiar with the Supplement Balance of Nature.
1: Oh yeah, they've done a whale of a job marketing, but we it's have more garbage. stuff in one. Well, we have more stuff in one serving of Cardio Miracle than probably if you took uh, four days worth of that uh, of those capsules. Then you you hit it on the head, Kevin. You know, a capsule can only contain about six tenths of a gram right. or nine tenths of a gram, right. depending on the material. We have thirteen and a half grams of the <laughs> finest ingredients in the world in every serving. You'd have to take—you'd have to take twenty capsules to equal anything if you could get the quality and most people aren't willing to put the quality in
0: that we do well i actually did a show about balance of nature because people kept asking me about it and i said you know what i see the commercials all the time i just kind of ignore them it's not something i would take but i'm gonna go do a deep dive you know the first thing that shocked me about this i can't believe people don't even question this They're talking about how they concentrate all these nutrients from fruits and vegetables down. Um, There's two big issues here. There are some nutrients, actually, we call them anti-nutrients in vegetables that we certainly don't want to concentrate. We would want to get them out of our diet completely. Um, You're getting them concentrated in this, but there's something worse. Why do they not start with organic Exactly. They don't. This, this is not organic well, two, fruits and two, vegetables. Three. These are conventionally raised. I'm thinking about buying a couple bottles of these and having them tested for glyphosate.
1: Yeah, probably true. Yeah, that, again, uh, marketing, this is where, uh, and, and frankly, we need to do a better job marketing, and we're going to expand that. But so we've spent all of our money on the quality uh, of correct. the ingredients, right? And Which we're with people, and now we need to start getting the message out more effectively. But our results speak for themselves with people's blood work, with their uh, their looks, the way they feel. I, I had a guy this morning telling me they were complaining. His friend was complaining after three days that he didn't need to take a nap anymore in the afternoon. Yeah. First, he was taking Cardio Miracle. He said, "Throw in my afternoon nap." So <laughs> well, so I, we're happy to hear those types of results, Kevin.
0: Absolutely. So it, it, the reason I brought this up, and I want people to start paying attention to those Balance of Nature commercials for one thing specifically. Watch those commercials and try to find somebody that looks healthy. I just realized that I'm watching this the other day and all these people are like, I've been taking balance of nature for 12 years now. And I look at them and they look like death warmed over. There's not a healthy looking person anywhere on those commercials.
1: Well, again, most of the time, you know, often the the people aren't even real people they're actors, but the other side is they're probably trying to help the people who aren't very healthy. Uh, to think that they will get an extra benefit. And, and as you know, Kevin, probably you know, three-fourths of America is not very healthy. So.
0: Oh, I, I, there is a new statistic out. Um, I talked about this the other day. Let me go find this. Um, if, if we look at metabolic health, so we are talking about things like uh, blood sugar, A1C level, blood pressure, Um, what were the other criteria? I'm going to try to find this. I posted this the other day because I thought this was really interesting. They had five criteria. Um, I think it was H. No, it was, uh, it was a ratio of cholesterol total to HDL, which is actually one of the better, um, measurements to use total cholesterol by itself is meaningless, but total, Compared to HDL is actually a good ratio. That was one of them and your ratio had to be under 3.5. So they had these five criteria, blood sugar, blood pressure, um, the HDL to cholesterol ratio, um, a waist size. They really should have used um, waist to height ratio they didn't they just use straight waist size and then what was the final one there are five criteria uh oh bmi so it was bmi under 25. so these five criteria bmi under 25 uh total cholesterol to hdl under 3.5 the ratio um the waist i forget what it what they did it in centimeters and they gave it for men and women i forget what it was um than the BMI. So in order to be metabolically healthy, you have to be in the correct range on all five of these measurements. And they're not that, this isn't anything extreme. We're not like measuring things where somebody is like superhuman or they're some crazy, you know, marathon runner or super strong. We're just talking about really, really basic measurements. For example, your blood pressure needs to be under 120 over 80. That, that's all this is. It's pretty basic criteria, except only 6.8% of the American population meets that number. Wow. 6.8%. Well,
1: well, that's amazing. Well, I ended up on my, my manufacturer's uh, here, and I need to get with him, Kevin. But Got I it. appreciate so much your insight, your great wisdom, and we'll look forward to continuing our quest to go forward and I'll let you know on my travels to Oregon so we can get together.
0: Excellent. Looking forward to it. All right, go take care of business and uh, we'll talk to you again next week.
1: Okay. Thanks
0: a lot. All right. I, uh, I'm going to continue on. I've got some calls. So since John had to bail, I'm going to jump into the phone calls, find out what's on your mind. Let's go to Illinois. Brian, welcome to the program.
1: Hi Kevin. Glad to hear you're doing well. Um, you kind of touched on it earlier, but you didn't deep deep, uh, dive into it very deep with the uh, uh, elimination of all these bureaucracies in the government, which are totally useless.
0: Good point.
1: The only purpose they serve is to uh, pass down laws that are uh, non essential.
0: Not only non essential, uh, my gonna... bigger problem with them is these laws are written and enforced by people we didn't elect. That's not how a democracy exactly. is supposed to work.
1: Well, I mean, just in the trucking business, we got the, uh, uh I think one of the best things they did was create the, uh, 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 interstate fuel tax administration so that we didn't have all the different regulations from state to state and making it impossible to do business Oh, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I was, I was filling out fuel tax reports when you had to do a different report for every state you ran in.
1: Right. And, but then they started with the, the safety administration and, and the laws and everything. And one of the things that does is, is that's detrimental to the trucking industry is it takes away our, our 48 or even 50
4: different
0: uh, laboratories. You know, I, I am clearly not against, you know, all agencies and all regulations. We just talked about one that actually made things better. That's fine. But when, when we start using them to really, create regulations that should have been laws we should have had some say in them that's when i have a problem and and look at at one of the agencies in the government that had the biggest negative impact on trucking and it wasn't really like trucking regulation but the EPA the EPA made oh, yeah. a mess of trucking for over a decade
1: Yeah, well, it made a mess of the
0: automotive industry, too. Exactly. Um, And and I'm not against those things. I'm really not. I I am glad we're cleaning up the environment and cars pollute a lot less than they used to and trucks pollute a lot less than they used to. But that could have all been done through the legislative process.
1: Oh, Absolutely. And that's where it belongs in the first place. That's the whole purpose of having a, a Congress is to legislate it, it,
0: it, so that the people they, see they, they, it, they their responsibility and pass it off to the
1: bureaucracies. And then the correct. bureaucracies get yeah. the power of law. Yeah, so and they, they put in whatever they want. We, I mean, is death really that much of an improvement over a non-death engine with the different, with the other measures that, uh, that they put into place to clean up the emissions?
0: You're right. That that's. I don't have the answer to that. But the, the problem is we, we have taken away our ability. See, we seem to have forgotten that we are the government. Remember the government of the people, for the people, and by the people? We are the government. But that's been taken away from us because of all these agencies that have been created that we can have no impact or control over. We can control Congress and our representatives. We get to vote for those people. We can make change through voting. But this is why people are getting so jaded against voting. They say, why would I bother? Nothing changes anyway. And they're correct because we've allowed all these agencies now to run everything. And we have no say in those absolutely and there's a department of transportation in every state correct yeah there, yeah.
1: there's a there's, there's an Environmental protection agency of some sort in every state there's a department of urban development in every state all these federal bureaucracies are duplicating good point and taking control from states
0: yeah yeah good point
1: where we would be where we would actually have the ability to have close contact with our neighbors or our our state capitals and communicate to them our needs, our beliefs, our our wants. They're not always going to intersect, but they at least we would be able to communicate more closely with them than some far off exactly. person in, in right. Washington, it, D.C. that comes home
0: once every six months. Yeah, yeah, and we also know, I mean, we're, we're a big country. We're very different geographically. We're different in all kinds of ways that the whole centralized government thing, um, it, I understand it and I like it, but we have gotten to the point where the centralized federal government has way too much control. And, and that's what I think we, we've got to back off of. And we've got to get rid of all these damn agencies.
1: Yeah, and and even like the Department of Education, I heard a, a oh. talk show host talking about it. One, and um, it was developed. The Department of Education was originally developed to uh, collect data from all the, all the states, so that they could see what programs were working and which programs weren't. Which um, uh, topics of learning were the most beneficial and so on and so forth so that they could take that information and spread it to the other, other states for, for advisement. Well, but he said they've been, they've become a, a controlling entity that tells you what you're going to teach, how you're going to teach and who well, you're going to teach it to.
0: You know, that's interesting. And I didn't know that, but if, 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 if that's the case, if somebody, let's say the Depart- federal Department of Education didn't exist and we had all the state and local, which is the way it should be, and somebody came along to me and they said, hey, look, what if we use the power of the federal government to collect all this data and see results so you can kind of pick and choose and you can see what works and what the outcomes were, and then we would share that back to the states? Honestly, I would be for that. I would have supported that. That to me sounds like a good idea and a good use of a federal government agency. But you're right; the problem comes in is it's never just gather data and make recommendations. They become power hungry and they start telling us what to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, number one, number one responsibility of any bureaucracy is to grow the bureaucracy.
0: <laughs> you're right. Yeah. And and we've set up a system that makes that easy. You have a budget. If, if you spend all of your budget this year, we'll give you a bigger budget next year. If you don't spend all of your budget this year, we're going to shrink your budget next year. Well, guess what everybody is going sure. to do? They're all going to make sure they spend their budget so they can get a bigger one next year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Instead of doing it the, to- what I consider the common sense way, of, correct. Well, if I don't the, spend it this year, twice as much next year. So, if something does come up where I need the extra funding, I'm going to have.
0: It. Well, well, business never operates like that. I, I never look at our business bank account, and go, holy cow! Look, we're we're building up money and savings. We better go spend it. But that's how the government yeah. works. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because they have a limitless supply of, of funds.
0: Yep. All right. Hey, great stuff. Calls are starting to pile up. I got to get to some of them. We're going to go to Ohio. John, welcome to the program.
3: I had a question about this cardio miracle. Like, I found it kind of tedious to mix up one bottle at a time, like a, a four b- bottle of water. I'll dump it in. Can I mix up like 10 bottles at a time and then just shake them up before I drink them? Or does that hurt the quality of the product?
0: I wish we still had John or Stanford with us because I think somebody addressed this a while back. And I think they said it was okay to mix it up maybe a couple days ahead or a week. But I think they had mentioned a time limit. I'm not aware of what would deteriorate or what the problems would be. I'll reach out to them and ask them that, though, because I could have swore somebody mentioned something about that. I think you'd be fine mixing up a couple days ahead of time. I'm just not sure how long we want it mixed. I'll have to find out.
3: All right. Thank you very much. That's all I got.
0: All right. Thanks for the call. Uh, Let's go to North Carolina. Ricky, welcome to the program.
5: Hello, Kevin. Um, Listened to the show earlier, and you guys were talking about the um, the balance of nature stuff. Yeah. I'll, I want to give you my perspective of it. Now, back in February, I had gastric sleeve surgery. You and I talked about it, I think, a year after that. Okay, But staying with that program and the way I have to eat, I've never gone to bed at night or burned. Well, I started this stuff. I used it for 90 days. And after about the third week, I started having heartburn at night. And I did away with it. I quit. But it took me a while to get these prescription canceled. I have three months supply brand new bottles at my home in Texas. I will be there. I'm stopping through on Thursday. I've got to go to my UPS box anyway. I can send you. To buy two, you know, one month supply so you can do your test and, and have on hand.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because I, I, I not only do I want to test for glyphosate, but I want to test for things like lectins and oxalates and phytates because we know those things exist in, in vegetables primarily, not so much fruits, but definitely in vegetables. And they're bad for us. They're anti-nutrients. I talk about it all the time. I have to be careful. I don't eat too many beets because of all the oxalates in there. Um, We know those things exist and that they're not good for us. Well, they concentrated all of that stuff. So that's got to be worse. Yeah. So I'm concerned about what the levels of those things and I appreciate your feedback because I've asked before and nobody's ever called me. I wanted to see if anybody actually gets any results from this and you got a result, but it was a negative result. You had to quit taking it. Very negative. When you watch the commercials, there is a theme and it makes me crazy. I'm like screaming at my TV. Here's the theme of these commercials. Not too long ago, I was thinking I couldn't garden anymore. That's one. Not too long ago, I couldn't even go outside and play with my children. I was so sick and unhealthy. I couldn't. One guy says he couldn't get off the couch. That's the first thing. Then they say, and after taking balance of nature, I just have so much energy and I feel so good. And I'm like, bullshit. There is no way you were sick enough that you couldn't go garden. You couldn't go play with your kids outside. You couldn't get off the couch. First off, they never tell you what was wrong with them. I'm looking at this woman on the commercial, and she's fairly somewhat fit. She's not obese. She's not old. And she's saying, I couldn't go outside and play with my kids. Well, why not? Tell me what the hell was wrong with you that you couldn't go outside and play with your kids. And then don't tell me that taking this product actually fixed it. Come on. But that's almost no, every no. single commercial. And, somebody was so sick, they couldn't do anything. And now they take this and they feel fantastic.
5: Well, there's a late, their latest commercial that they've been running is there. There's a uh, gentleman, I think he's in either late 50s or early 60s. He's running across America for Oh, yeah. something
0: Right. I can't Tom, remember Tom, what. Tom but Jones.
5: taking these vitamins to help him.
0: Uh, right. Know. Right.
5: Yeah. So uh, it's uh, it's all a racket, it, and, it is. and like uh, one of the gentlemen said earlier, it they have a hell of a damn uh, marketing. marketing
0: structure. Yep,
5: like, people like me think, oh, this is the latest and greatest thing.
0: Yeah, I, I, I know. So, I, I watch their commercials. Their marketing is excellent. I'm sure they sell millions of dollars worth of this stuff. But it is a it's well, $69 it's, a pop. Is that how much it is? Holy cow. Yes.
5: $69 a month. I was on a rotating deal every month. And so you had to take three of those pills a day out of each bottle. Right. And uh, it's three a day. So that would add more to what I think it was Dan or John talking about the, the level going into a pill versus exactly. what you do in the part. Right. yeah. Can I ask you a question about the cardio? Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but I, on my regimen, I have to take an iron pill a daily. I take calcium pills, uh, I take a multivitamin and, um.
0: So, so let me stop before you even ask the question, because oh, I, I just okay, want to jump cool, in here. Cool, yeah. you, you've already heard what my, what my thoughts are on multivitamins. They're, they're just garbage, just stop taking right, them. Right, yeah. Now well, That's the it's, only thing I have, yeah. and, but no, I wanna it, do something better. Yeah, they're garbage, just stop taking them. Even if you don't take anything to replace it, just stop taking them, they're not worth it. it Cardio Miracle is a great replacement for it, but and there are some other things we could do, but they're just not worth taking. But interestingly enough, you brought up two other supplements that I'm a little concerned about. I never recommend calcium supplements. We get tons of calcium in our diet. Calcium is not hard to come by at all. The problem we have is we don't get the cofactors that make calcium work properly. But if we don't have the cofactors and we start supplementing calcium, you can actually cause problems. Calcium is part of what makes up kidney stones, gallstones. Calcium is, is what can clog your arteries, can cause heart issues. So when if we don't have the cofactors to make calcium go where it belongs and we keep Supplementing calcium, we create more problems. Okay. Now the other one. Well, yeah, uh, uh, that maybe, was given to me from Duke medical. So,
5: yeah,
0: I, I uh, yeah. yeah, the medical community of, of supplements, calcium is the one they push all the time, and it's the one we should not be taking. Yeah. The other one, though, I'm a little um, uh, concerned or curious about. Why are you taking an iron supplement? Do you have some sort of condition that requires it? Wait wait a minute. I I broke up on you. What was that again, sir? Why are you taking an iron supplement? Do you have some sort of condition that requires you to take additional iron?
5: No, that's because of, I guess, the levels of the change that I had when I had the gastric sleeve. Oh, that's
0: right. That's right. I have to to keep remembering. uh, I would be
5: taking this because I have to watch what I eat. Right, right. I can't eat. I, I'm set at about a 2,000 calorie day and that's where I've stuck ever since 2014.
0: 2,000 calories is a lot.
5: Well, they yeah. Well, it used to be a lot, a lot less, but they bought me up.
0: Yeah. 2,000. Now here's the thing I will say when you eat the standard American diet for a male, staying at 2,000 calories is kind of difficult. I, I will admit that 2000 calories on the standard American diet doesn't feel like enough. You're hungry all the time, but the way I eat now, I doubt that I ever hit 2000 calories a day and I'm never hungry.
5: Okay. Well, I walk, I walk about, well, my, my Garmin gave out on me and I have a, a diesel watch on the way. Oh, good. The way. Good. But, um, I, I track my walking, and I'm doing anywhere from 15,000 to 20,000 on average daily. Good. Good. So I, I, so I guess with the burning of that, because I took all this the last time I visited with my, my um, surgeon at Duke, which was, what, three years ago. They bumped me up to that because of my walking
0: structure. That, that makes sense. Burning the calories. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, and I have to remember you had the, uh, the procedure. So we have different nutritional requirements because for the most part, men usually have, we have the opposite problem. We tend to have a overload of iron right. and we have to try to get rid of it uh but i can understand on a on a restricted diet where we might have to watch that but uh it, it's interesting i'm not surprised that the um the balance of nature caused you to have heartburn i i could see that as being one of the problems
5: yeah and it made me weak
0: yeah I'll i mean i could
5: drive 10 hours no problem until i started taking that now all those effects happen Started happening that
0: at the third week. Wow, yeah, and that—that—that's yeah, that that's, just, that's strong correlation. When you start a new product like that, you're taking it every day, and within two or three weeks, you start to see physical changes. I would, I would say it's the product, no doubt. Yeah.
5: Well, I know you need to get some other calls. Um, where can I get the address sent to you? Is that only um, the let Truck side, or can I yeah, get the um? Okay, yeah. and it's one out in Oregon,
0: right? Yep. 10-4. Perfect. I will look Thank forward you, to that. Thank you for that. I'll, uh, I'll look forward to that. Let's go to Washington. Eric, welcome to the program.
6: Hi, Kevin. Um, actually, now I have two things, so don't hang up too quick. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, one thing I want to point out, everybody's talking about multivitamins today. Um, that's what people forget about the point of eating like beef liver is because ruminant animals literally take all of the nutrients we want from plants and concentrate them in their liver so that we don't have to. Good, That's, you know, I mean, good point. If, if you want what's in broccoli, you got to eat 12 pounds of it, you know?
0: Good point. And there's, there's something Go else going on here. I'll add to that because you make a really good point. Not only do they store them in higher concentrations than we could get out of the vegetable, they actually convert them to the version that we absorb better.
6: Oh, yeah. Like vitamin
0: A. Yeah. Well, lots of vitamins um, that we don't. Everybody om- think you eat a bunch of. Omega-3. We, you know, yep. they talk about omega-3s from plants. The problem is even plants loaded with omega-3, we absorb almost none of it when we eat that plant.
6: Oh, I've always ignored them talking about omega-3 in plants because that's something they've only been talking about recently as far as I know. That's just because they're like trying to make, give us another reason to eat damn plants.
0: Right, but, but the like version, Vitamin A
6: has been the, the big one forever. You'll eat, eat a bunch of carrots. But the beta-carotene in carrots doesn't convert to vitamin A in our body. Correct. It we, does in a, yeah, you know, a goat or something. You know,
0: Vitamin A is the one we've kind of known about for a long time, but it, it's almost every time we look at a nutrient that has a plant form and an animal form, we absorb the animal form. We almost never absorb the plant form very well.
6: Yeah, plus the animal forms come
0: with the fat which we good. need there's another good properly point
6: distributed in our bodies,
0: as well. right yep
6: um now the real reason i called was yeah, authority now i i had my own truck for a short time i had my own authority but i've always wondered something if i know i know i can buy a tractor trailer just license it as a personal vehicle and use it pop <laughs> but if I buy loads of whatever, insulation, roofing, lumber, if I buy a load and I'm selling it to somebody else, can I deliver it yes. to them on my personal tractor trailer without yes. having authority?
0: Yes, that is what we call it. So a, I can
6: buy something, that, sell it to somebody else and move it and I never have to have authority.
0: Correct. Yeah, there are exemptions to authority. And some of the exemptions are um, raw materials. If you are moving a raw material that has not been modified or fabricated or manufactured into something else, you don't need authority to move that kind of material that that's just I one. Of, how
6: far does that go i mean does grab does, does gravel count or yeah. manure or it, all of
0: compost? those things could, yeah uh, you can there's a list somewhere i haven't i forget where you, where you go find okay. it but it exists and those are the kind of things that don't require authority gravel is one of them it, that, that's a raw material that nobody has done anything to really i mean you can crush it and that kind of stuff but yeah that that is a raw material that does not require authority. And there are, there are lots of them actually. And you think, well, why don't people do, just do that? Well, by the time you need backhaul and uh, other, t- <laughs> you're going to have to kind of get your own authority anyway to do backhaul. But that's, that's one exception is certain commodities and raw materials. The other exception though, what you're talking about, you have now become a private carrier. You are moving product that you own. That's what a private carrier does. They move their own product, product that they own. So a private private carrier carrier does not need authority from the government. Correct. You need a DOT number. You get a DOT number and that's it. And that's easy to get. It's not expensive, it doesn't take a long time, it there's no weird process. You get and that's the first step to getting if you remember, you had to get a DOT number before you no, got your authority. Yeah. So that's the process. Yeah. You own a truck and a trailer, you go get D, just a DOT number, no authority, you can move your stuff around anywhere you want. And yes, you can go buy a truckload of something, go pick it up with your truck and trailer, take it to somebody else and sell it to them. You could do that.
6: Cause I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm only 50, but I feel like I'm 90. I, I, I want the government out of my goddamn life.
0: Oh, I'm tired. We all do. We all do. And yet, and I, I always so wonder previous generations here's, always here's thought, my thought things on this. were
6: the worst that they'd ever been. Here's my yeah, thought on good. this.
0: And, and the only feedback I've, I've gotten from people, actually, I thought I would have gotten a lot of support for this idea of abolish authority. I actually got more pushback. People kept yeah. saying, oh, well, you have to apply for your authority because of the safety audit or because of this or that. And I'm like, no, you don't. The safety audit can still exist. (laughs) All of those things could still exist. But why do I have to pay money and fill out a form and wait for the government to tell me I can be in business? That is obsolete. It should just go away. All I should have to do is go apply for my DOT number. And that could trigger all those other things.
6: Well, frankly, why are there business licenses anyway? Exactly. Why why don't I have the right... And it doesn't matter what business I've actually thought about years ago, when I first heard about ketosis and keto everything, I wanted to just start a keto cafe in my garage, you know, but you can't, you can't run a business without having permission and all these other you, you, things. But you know it's like, what's funny? Why can't I make somebody a plate of bacon and eggs and sell it to them
0: for 5 bucks? It, I do get that. You should be able to. And when I was in Costa Rica, that's kind of how it works. Yeah. You'd be driving down the street and somebody would <laughs> have a table set up out at the end of their driveway and they'd be selling breakfast or lunch.
6: And was, frankly, I wish I could afford to move someplace like that. but <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Uh, you know, it was. It was actually kind of nice. But um, why? Why do we have this whole obsolete, archaic organization that issues authority? Why? why that should just go well, away. Now, here's I've, the other funny I've thing. I, I've every... been. I've been basically, you know, an entrepreneur, self-employed my whole life. I started painting cars when I was sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I opened a gym. I took the money I made from painting cars and opened a gym when I was 19. I think I was 18, actually, when we opened it. Um, I bought a truck when I was 22. I've started and run all kinds of different businesses. I have only ever applied for one Kind of permit. Now, I I did have to get my authority and go through that whole process. And that's my point. Why did I have to do that? Even though all these other businesses almost always require some sort of license from the county or the city or the state or somebody, I've never applied for one ever in any of those businesses. The one time I had an office in Orlando. And it was just an office. It wasn't like a storefront or anything. I had some employees in there doing, you know, back office kind of stuff. And one day some guy knocks on the door and he's the tax collector. And he said, I need to see your your uh, business permit, your uh, tax permit. And I'm like, I don't have any. And he's like, well, you better go get one. <laughs> All right. If you're going to make me, I guess I'll go do it. But it was the first time I had ever filled out anything like that
6: that's something that was weird because I live in Washington and you know what I'm I'm an employee now I was an employee before but when I went to get my authority and I had to get a business license for Washington I found out that even though in Washington there's no personal income tax there is a business income tax so when you start a business in Washington you suddenly have to pay income taxes now and I'm like Son of a bitch! And, you know, and, and, there's and, limits to it, you know. And if you don't make over a certain amount, you don't you don't have to owe anything. But,
0: they're know. usually not any big deal, but they're just kind of annoying. Um, a lot of times, the one, a couple of states I've had to deal with the that their business taxes on the gross. That one really makes me crazy.
2: Yeah.
6: Yeah, because you're obviously being double packed uh, yeah. on that money then, and it's like geez, yeah. What, what do you mean I, you're gonna tax I don't me on that? The, the government, just all the government now, it, it seems like its purpose is just to find ways to screw us over. You know, they want to control well, everything. That's why we have to do authority and stuff. But I mean, that's like speed limits, just just to throw a different kind of law out there. You wouldn't need speed limits. If the penalties for causing accidents, especially those that created injuries and death, were much more severe, I, I'm but, a, you know I'm a drive believer. As fast as you want, but if you cause an accident, you're going to freaking prison.
0: That, that's know? kind of my philosophy about everything. Stop with all the damn yeah. rules and regulations. That it just, you know, set. If I harm somebody else in some way, the penalties should be huge. If I do something that could right. potentially harm somebody, there should be big penalties. But most of the things that I do that they call illegal wouldn't hurt anybody else anyway.
6: Right. Well, it's like, you know, wearing a seatbelt or a motorcycle helmet. Most good things to do, but why is there a law that says so? Because who's getting hurt if I'm the one flying through the windshield? And
0: and you know, the funny (laughs) thing about that, people would probably think I'm stupid for about, for what I'm about to say. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, I I grew up and started driving, I guess the seventies, right? Yeah. In the seventies. Hell, a lot of our cars only had lap belts. At the time, um, we didn't even have the shoulder harnesses on a lot of cars and almost nobody wore seatbelts back then. So when I first started driving, I didn't wear one. Nobody in my family ever did. But in the military, when you went through the gate, you better have your seatbelt on because they checked. So I I just got into the habit of putting on my seatbelt in the car (laughs) because it was easy. And you know what? Seatbelts have never bothered me. It, it takes a half a second to no. put one on. You don't even really know it's there. So uh, even though it's one of those things it should be my choice, I guess it is my choice. I could choose not to wear it. Just take the ticket. Wow. It's no big deal. Yeah. I, I've worn a seatbelt all my life. I always do. But when I rode a motorcycle, I rode a lot without a helmet. And people think, well, that's stupid. Well, was- Why? No, it's not. The helmet is much more of a pain in the ass than a seatbelt is. And I love the feeling of riding without a helmet. And I understand if I get into even a minor accident, I might kill myself because I didn't have that helmet on. I get that, but it's my choice. And I saw enough of a benefit. Now, I don't know if I would still think that way today, I, I pr- would probably think differently about it. Well, I do think differently about it today. I don't have a motorcycle yeah. anymore. Helmet? Be- well, it's not even just a helmet. There is no way you would get me on a motorcycle okay. today with all the distracted drivers on the road.
6: Oh, well, there is that. But I, I was going to say, I, I like riding without a helmet when it's... Low speed, like in town kind of crap. But when I'm on the freeway, I like a helmet because that protects me from catching a bee in the eye. Oh,
0: oh, hey, wait a minute. I'll tell you the worst, worst experience I ever had with a bee on a motorcycle was because I had a helmet on. So I get it. You know, when really? you get hit by a big bug in the face going seventy miles an hour, they hurt. They hurt bad. But yeah. I had a yeah. helmet on one day and the bee hit me right at the cheek, right where the helmet is, and it managed to go and it was a fairly tight fitting helmet. You got the pads right there that kind of rest on your cheeks. It went oh, and it got in. <laughs> it went through the gap and now it's in my ear.
6: Oh yeah. Was it still alive? Yes. Or, oh, and geez. stinging. Yeah, it stung me.
0: Yes. On my neck back yeah, there. Well, ouch. Yeah. But that's such a rare occurrence. Oh, it, it was, though, it was pretty I mean, rare, but man, it was everything I could do not to crash.
6: <laughs> when you mentioned the military though, I remember that I was stationed in Altus, Oklahoma and Oklahoma. I don't know whether they do now, but they didn't have a helmet law back then. But of course the military did. So we'd, you know, ride off base, stop, take our helmets off, hang them on the side of the bike, go do what we're going to do, come back, stop before we came in the gate, put our helmet on. (laughs) Uh, My
0: my experience exactly, I was stationed in Washington State, Fort Lewis. Washington State had no helmet law, but the base does. And I would do the same thing. And like I said, it was easier just to put your seatbelt on and leave it on. But with the helmet, I would... Put it on till I got off base, take it off, ride all day without it, put it back on when I came back on base. One day, though, just not thinking, I'm on base, went out, got on my motorcycle, I'm heading off base, and I pull up to a stop sign, and all of a sudden, I hear somebody screaming behind me, Soldier, get your helmet on! I'm like, what? Oh, and then it dawned on me, there's an officer <laughs> behind me in a car, and he's screaming at me because I forgot to uh, put my helmet on.
6: Well, because technically, when you're in the military, you're supposed to abide by the law at all times. They're the, uh, right, right, at know. all times. Yeah. Not just on base, I know. It's kind of like, I don't. once upon a time, you weren't allowed to get uh, tattoos because it was considered damaging government property or something like that. <laughs> I,
0: yeah. I got, I went out <laughs> to Ocean, you're familiar with Ocean Shores. Oh yeah. I went out to Ocean Shores one yes. weekend and got, a horrendous sunburn. They were threatening me with an Article oh. 15 for damaging government property.
6: Right. <laughs> hey, um, you were just talking about your new, you know, uh, surfing activity thing. Whatever happened? Weren't you like? What, what was that? Thing you used to do on the river where it was like a surfboard but with a with a stand up sail on it. No, didn't you that, do that
0: I did. not That that was the first sport oh, like that. That was called windsurfing. So it was a windsurfing. Yeah, awesome. that's windsurfing. That's a surfboard or a big wakeboard, some sort of a pretty good size board. Yeah, with a pole mounted on the board, and your your kite or your sail in this case it would be a sail is mounted to the board that was really the first yeah. kind of wind water sport and that was i think developed here in the gorge i never did that i the, just could have sworn you, now I, I thought you talked about doing it for a while not um, that i'll tell you what i did do the next water oh, sport that was okay. invented here in hood river was called kite boarding so you have wind surfing That's with a a sail right on the surfboard. Kite boarding was you'd put some sort of a board, a wakeboard, a paddleboard, whatever. But then you would actually fly a kite. And the kite is attached to a harness that's attached to your whole body. So all the pull from that kite is pulling on your body, not your arms. So it's really easy. Yeah. It's not a lot of exertion. You can do it all day long. You don't really get tired. You are holding a handle for the kite, but there's no real tension against that handle. That's just so you can steer and control the kite. So I did start doing that a couple years ago. Two problems with it. One, I don't get along with ropes and knots and I, I get, I don't know what it is. I just I, I, I look like Pig Pen before it's all over with. I'm all tangled up in stuff. I, I you would think for somebody who's reasonably intelligent I would be able to figure this out, but I, I just I just don't get along with ropes and knots. So that was one of the challenges. But it's really fun, so I was going to do it. The other challenge for me is I, I'm looking at the river. Right in front of me, the warehouse, I could literally walk out of the warehouse right to the river if I wanted to, but where I am on the river, there's no good place to launch a kite. You've got to have some room. Um, In the beginning, it almost always takes two people. It's really hard to launch one on your own until you get good at it. And so for me to go kiteboarding, I either have to go across the river to a beach in Washington where they've got space, or I have to go 20 minutes east to Hood River. And it's always packed. There's always all kinds of people. And I'm thinking, I have this wide open river right in front of me. I just can't launch a kite easily enough. Well, now it won't matter. And because that's that,
6: not something you can do by just like putting it on the board and paddling out into the middle of the river. You can't do you, it that way. You, I
0: don't know. You can, yeah, because when you when you drop your kite or you crash, which happens, you have to restart out in the river. So that is one of the possibilities you oh, could do I'm that. Sure yeah, but I, I, when it, as soon as I saw this wing... And I'm like, oh, no ropes to mess with, and I could launch this thing from anywhere. All I have to do is be able to put my feet in the water, and I, uh, I'm good. Because this one, you do just you, oh. you get in. You can kneel on a stand up paddle board in the beginning and hold your kite and kind of play around with that until you're comfortable, and then you just stand up on your board.
6: The thing I always wanted to do was the. You, you remember Magnum Pi, and his whatever that that surf ski boat thing that he always yeah used. yeah it's kind of, kind of like an open top kayak or something that that was all I wanted but
0: there you go yeah I
6: don't, I don't recreate that's the problem all I do is I, work I've well, been working since I was 14 and people are like when do you take vacation I'm like oh is that when I'm out of a job yeah that's,
0: that, that's kind of why I'm doing this because I need to recreate more because I get too wrapped up in work yeah. So I I, I need a, a right, new hobby. All right. I'm going to cut you loose. I'm going to take another call, uh, Angie. Let's make this the last one of the day. We're going to go to Minnesota. John, welcome to the program.
3: Hi, Kevin. I was just talking to you in the uh, Power Hour, and I remember what I was going to talk about, and it was that same concept with the
0: foil. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did, um. It, it's way called. Back wind foiling or wind, no wing foiling or wing surfing.
3: Right. When I was 12, I was in SeaWorld and they watching the ski show. They actually had somebody in what was called the air chair. I, I, which is the same type of thing.
0: I got to ride an air chair back then. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The same concept, but as soon as he started talking about it, it flipped a switch in my memory. So that's kind of what I wanted to share is the same type of concept. Yeah, it was. what you're talking about.
0: It was a little more dangerous, though. The problem with the air chair. (laughs) Yeah. The problem with the air chair is. You're strapped in. You're strapped into that thing. Yeah, you're sitting in this chair, the pole comes off the bottom of the chair, and then the foil is down under the water, so when you get enough speed, the seat comes out of the water, and you're riding on the foil, and it would do the same thing. You could do all kinds of crazy tricks with that thing, because you could get so much air, but the crashes in that thing were spectacular, because you're strapped in.
3: Yeah, that's what happened to the, when I was watching the show at uh, SeaWorld, is this guy actually crashed it.
0: <laughs> oh, I crashed so, it several times. I'm
3: sure he was in pain.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I no, crashed just, the air chair several times. Bro- but this is the exact same concept as the air chair, except instead of a chair sitting on top of the foil, you, you just have like a wakeboard that you stand on.
3: Yeah, it was just uh, brought back memories, so I figured I'd
0: pass on that information, but
3: yeah. well, hey, here, have a nice day. Thank you very much, Kevin.
0: Well, here's a little, uh, here's a little trivia f- about SeaWorld. Um, which SeaWorld did you go to?
3: One in Florida, right uh, down the road from where
0: you were. Got it. So living? yeah, you know, there was like SeaWorld in Florida, which makes sense. There's a lot of water there. There's a SeaWorld in San Diego. That makes yep. sense. There was actually a SeaWorld in Aurora, Ohio. I lived 10 minutes from it growing up. What? Uh? <laughs> of all the weird places, there was a SeaWorld in, back in the 70s, 80s. I forget when it closed. Um, it's not there anymore, but it was there for a couple decades. The whole time I was growing up, it was there. Wow. Yeah
3: seals would get kind of cold. I think you'd almost want to have some
0: walruses there? <laughs> Something, yeah, penguins. Yeah, they had a great, great penguin display. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, it was one of those things that was only open in the summertime. That's probably why they didn't survive. All right, uh, we're done for today. Boy, it's a long day. Um, I'm going to wrap this up. I will see you back here tomorrow for Destination Health. We got a big day lined up again tomorrow. Uh, Destination Health. Then after hours with Kevin and Lauren, and then Q&A live tomorrow, uh, we're going to do something a little different again. Uh, Normally, Lauren is live on the video and I'm answering questions in the chat room. Um, I've been doing a lot of work on the uh, stress busters protocol and the strength building protocols. And I'm going to do an update on them tomorrow. So I'll do a live video update on the workouts, uh, what I'm doing with the infrared saunas, the um, red light therapies. So we'll, we'll do a live video. Uh, it's going to be really informal, um, but I'll, I'll kind of go over uh, all the new protocols and what I've been working on. So we will see you for that tomorrow. Be safe.